the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For people will love only themselves and their money, and they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, nothing sacred anymore in the last day. Again, this is something that's going to characterize the last day. Nothing is sacred. Do you see people being a lover of money? Proud, unloving, ungrateful. Many will fall away from the faith, hating what is good. In today's message, Pastor Dan will paint a picture of what Jesus contrasting the leaders of Ezekiel Day to the leaders that will rule in the kingdom age. God will rule with fairness, honesty, and righteousness. Remember that it blesses the Lord when we worship Him freely. Meditate on the Word of God and recognize the signs concerning the last days. Be ready. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 45 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. None of the guests knew what was going on. And when you serve the Lord, you get to see the miracles. You get to see Jesus doing things behind the scenes in people's lives that the rest of the people, they don't get to see. That they're not aware of. The priests, the Levites, they dwell the closest to the Lord because they serve the Lord. Man, that's a, that's a great, great lesson for us. Verse 6 down. So you shall appoint as the property of the city an area 5,000 cubits wide, 25,000 long, adjacent to the district of the holy section. It shall belong to the whole house of Israel. So he's dividing up and apportioning the land here. Verse 7. The prince shall have a section on one side, and the other of the holy district and the city's property, and bordering on the holy district and the city's property, extending westward on the west side and eastward on the east side, the length shall be side by side with one of the tribal portions from the west border to the east border. So the prince will possess land to the east and to the west of this holy district and to the east and west of the sanctuary. And we talked about this prince that's mentioned here uh, 14 times uh, from chapter 44 to chapter 47. And we talked about him last time. This prince, some believe, is Jesus Christ. I don't personally believe it's Jesus Christ because this prince makes sin offerings for himself. And Jesus is sinless. 
some, he also has sons. His sons are mentioned in chapter 46. Jesus was never married, had no sons. Some believe that it is David, King David. Uh, the Old Testament saints will be resurrected in the kingdom age. And so some believe that this is David serving as a prince, you know, as kind of a co-leader with Jesus, not equal to Jesus, but serving under Jesus. So it's possibly David. Others believe it's one of David's descendants. We don't know who this prince is, but there is this leader, this prince in Jerusalem that plays a prominent role in the kingdom age. We'll see when we get there. Verse 8, so the land shall be his possession in Israel, this land designated for the prince, and my princes, plural, so this is talking about leaders now, the leaders in the kingdom age, shall no more oppress my people, but they shall give the rest of the land to the house of Israel according to their tribes. Thus says the Lord God, enough, O princes of Israel, remove violence and plundering. The word plundering here, it means to ruin or destroy. So the leaders of the country ruined it and destroyed it. Execute justice and righteousness, and stop dispossessing my people, says the Lord God. Dispossessing here means to drive out or expel, to expel people, says the Lord God. Verse 10, you shall have honest scales, an honest ephah, an honest bath. He's going to give measurements here that don't really mean much to us, but he's talking about having honest scales, honest measurements, the ephah and the bath shall be of the same measure so that the bath contains one-tenth of a homer. Again, we don't use these measurements, do we? And an ephah, one-tenth of a homer. Their measure shall be according to the homer. The shekel shall be 20 giras, 20 shekels, 25 shekels, and 15 shekels shall be your mina. He's talking here about having fairness. On a scales. And again, he's talking about the leaders here. And what the Lord is doing now is he's contrasting the leaders that will rule during the kingdom age under Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings. He's contrasting them with the leaders in Ezekiel's day. The leaders in Ezekiel's day who led the nation to destruction. The leaders in Ezekiel's day were corrupt. They were dishonest. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 27, the Lord says this about the leaders. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. The political leaders of the nation were corrupt. And they used people. They didn't care about the people they used them. They destroyed people's lives for their own personal gain. They ruined people's lives. They dispossessed God's people and expelled them and cast them out of their own land and their own property. Can you imagine? Can you imagine corrupt political leaders who destroy their own people's lives for their own personal and political gain? Of course you can. It's not a trick question. Of course you can. Ezekiel wrote this 2,500 years ago about his leaders. 
this shows us that this is human nature. And human nature doesn't change. Leaders have always been this way throughout human history. As Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing's changed. And you should know that as we get closer and closer to the end of this age, the Bible says things will get worse in this world for God's people. Not better. Worse. And we believe the Bible. We believe what it says. And the Bible clearly says that things will get worse for God's people. Matthew 24, Jesus said, listen to what he said about the last days. He said, believers will be arrested, persecuted, and killed, and will be hated all over the world in every nation. Every nation, including ours. This is what will happen in the last days. Jesus went on to say, And many who profess Christ will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. Jesus said, Paul talks about it too in 2 Thessalonians, that there will be a great falling away from the faith in the last days. And I believe that we are seeing that happen in the world today. I don't know how much you're paying attention to this stuff that's going on, but the church is being sifted today. The church is being sifted in the world. There is a separation happening in much of the church right now. Jesus also said in the last days, lawlessness will abound everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul said in the last days, perilous times will come. And listen to Paul's description of the perilous times that will come in the last days. This is what he said will happen. For people, listen, listen to the description, for people will love only themselves and their money. And they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, nothing sacred anymore in the last days. Again, this is something that's going to characterize the last days. Nothing is sacred. They will be unloving. They will be unforgiving. They will slander others. They will have no self-control. This is what Paul says will happen in the last days. They will be cruel. They will hate what is good. They will hate what is good. They will betray their friends. Have you had anybody unfriend you on social media over the last year? They will be reckless. Reckless. Lawlessness. They will be puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than God. This is what Jesus says is going to happen in the last days. This is what Paul says is going to happen in the last days. This is what the Bible says is going to happen In the last days. And listen to me. What is happening in our world. And in our culture right now. This is the restrained version. Of what is happening. 
This has a governor on it, governing it right now. This is the restrained version. We are seeing lawlessness restrained by the Holy Spirit. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is the restrainer that is restraining lawlessness in the world right now. But one day the restrainer will step aside and allow lawlessness to be unrestrained in the world. This is the restrained version. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Holy Spirit's holding things back for us. Now once the Holy Spirit steps aside, 2 Thessalonians 2, you know, the church will be raptured to heaven at that point. And then we're told that the Antichrist will come to power, this world leader who's going to bring the nations of the world together. And we're told in many places in the Bible, this Antichrist, this charismatic world leader, will persecute God's people. That's during the tribulation period. The Antichrist establishes a seven-year covenant that begins the tribulation period. But the Antichrist, it says, is going to be worshipped by everybody, and he's going to persecute God's people. Revelation 13, 7, the Antichrist will make war against the saints. Daniel 7.25 says the Antichrist will speak pompous words against the Most High and wear out the saints with persecution during the tribulation period. Again, the church will be removed before the Antichrist comes to power and the tribulation begins. But the Bible also says that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the world. That's the direction things will trend in the world. Now, we might have periods of time where there's a reprieve, where it lets up, but things will trend that direction in the world, in the culture, to set the stage for the Antichrist. Things will head that way. And they are heading that way. At a breathtaking speed over the last year. And the tribulation period ends with the return of Jesus Christ to the earth and he ushers in the kingdom age. Those who survive the tribulation, who make it through those seven years, will enter into the kingdom age. They will go from living under the rule of the Antichrist to living under the rule of Jesus Christ. And you look at this description here in chapter 45, this contrast between Christ's reign and previous rulers and what's described here. Jesus Christ will rule with justice and righteousness and integrity and honesty and fairness. That's what Ezekiel is describing here. In contrast to man, you know, leaders of man, Isaiah chapter 11 verse 4 says, But with righteousness he shall judge. 
the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with a rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. As king, he'll be righteous. He'll be faithful. Isaiah, listen to this, Isaiah 60, verse 18, again, describing the kingdom age under Jesus Christ, violence shall no longer be heard of in your land. Violence will no longer be heard of. Think about that in contrast to the world that we live in today. Violence will not even be heard of. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Jeremiah 23.5 Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. All of the earth. Revelation 19 describes the return of Jesus Christ riding out of heaven on a white horse, robe dipped in blood. And it says this of him, Now I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges. He's called faithful and true. And he rules with righteousness. In Isaiah 25, verse 9, I love this verse. This is what people will say that come through that tribulation period, into the kingdom age. So after living under the Antichrist. And coming and living now under Jesus Christ. It will be said in that day. Isaiah 25.9. Behold this is our God. We have waited for him. And he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the ruler we've waited for. This is the one that we wanted. All along. And so we just we need to be aware of what the Bible says about the last days to his what God says to his church about the last days. So he goes on now in verse 13 to describe the offerings that they shall make during the kingdom age. Verse 13, this is the offering which you shall offer. You shall give one sixth of an ephah from a homer of wheat and one-sixth of an ephah from a homer of barley. So those that are farmers and have grain, they're going to offer a portion of their grain to the Lord. Verse 14, the ordinance concerning oil, the bath of oil is one-tenth of a bath from a core. A core is a homer or ten baths for ten baths are a homer. Don't you, this is like helping your kids with math right there, isn't it? Like where they're converting from you know, centimeters to millimeters and all that kind of stuff. Verse 15, and one lamb shall be given from a flock of 200. So here the tithe is in 10%. It's not a tenth. Uh, from the rich pastures of Israel during the kingdom age. Remember, it's going to blossom and bloom and, and be fruitful once again. These shall be for grain offerings, for burnt offerings and peace offerings to make atonement for them, says the Lord God. So these are the offerings people will make during the kingdom age. Uh, in the Old Testament, all of the offerings looked ahead to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. During the kingdom age, 
all of the offerings will look back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as more of a memorial. According to the law, uh, the grain offering that's mentioned here, the burnt offering and the peace offering, they were all voluntary offerings or what were known as free will offerings. They weren't mandatory. They were just an act of worship. Just because you wanted to show your love and gratitude to the Lord for his goodness to you, you would make one of these offerings, a free will offering. It wasn't a mandatory thing. It wasn't a sin offering or a trespass offering where now you're coming and you're seeking to atone for your sins and I've done something wrong and I need to make it right. And, no, this is just, I just want to worship the Lord. I just want to give thanks to him for his goodness uh, to me. So they were free will offerings. And that's why they were also called sweet smelling offerings in the Old Testament. Sweet aroma to the Lord. It pleased the Lord. It pleases God. It blesses God when we just worship Him out of our own free will because we want to, because we love Him. We just choose to spend time with Him. Sit before Him or to come out on a Thursday night or spend time in the morning just sitting in His presence. And it blesses Him. It pleases Him. Now the grain offering was given as thanksgiving for God's provision. You bring a portion of your grain, a portion of your harvest to God, and it was a way of thanking God for supplying all of your needs. That God, you provide it for me once again. You've provided for my needs once again. And all of the offerings in the Old Testament, they are all fulfilled by Jesus Christ, ultimately. They all point to Christ. All of these same offerings that are offered during the kingdom age, They all point back to Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All of our needs are met in Christ Jesus. So in that sense, Jesus is our grain offering. The burnt offering speaks of total consecration to God. When you brought a burnt offering, you would offer the entire animal to be consumed on the altar without keeping any of the meat or giving any of the meat to the priest. It's all put on the altar. We have that saying, I'm going to put it on the altar. With a burnt offering, the whole animal is put upon the altar. You're not holding anything back. And it speaks of giving all of yourself to the Lord. Romans chapter 12 says we should make our bodies a living sacrifice or our lives a living sacrifice to God. For this is your reasonable service in light of Jesus Christ giving himself for us, all of himself for us. We should give all of ourselves to God. Jesus is our burnt offering. The peace offering. The peace offering was given to acknowledge peace with God or fellowship with God. It was just essentially in the peace offering, you're just coming and sharing a meal with the Lord. Now, just thankful that you've got peace with God, that you can have fellowship with Him, that you can sit in His presence with Him. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, all of these offerings point to Jesus Christ. Me, how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize 